So, uh, hello. Uh, what's your, do you have a pseudonym? Have you picked out a pseudonym? Uh, you can just call me uh, Carl. You can call me Ryan. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love <laughs> Yeah, that's a good name to go by. I don't know. I think you just know Ryan, or was that a, a thing in the making? Ryan? Oh, well, I just like the letter R, you know? I think it uh, I think it goes well with uh, uh, the character I'm playing on the show, so, uh, you know. I've always loved the letter C myself. Letter C? Yeah. You are, uh, you are kind of like a, what'd you say your pseudonym was? Carl? Carl, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my... Well, you, you are a Carl kind of guy, for sure, uh... Thank you, my man. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, today we're going to be taking a look at uh, really a classic film. A film I think is probably actually um, has aged and is better now than it was when it came out. Uh, I can't imagine a movie possibly aging better than the classic American Psycho. Um, as most of you know, came out in the year 2000. Got uh, Christian Bale, all sorts of uh, classics on there. Uh, um, even has, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Willem Dafoe as an investigator. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah, this movie seems to get more popular with every year. It's because it age, it literally like aged so well. I mean, if you think about the contents of the movie and the type of feeling, I mean, it feels like a movie that would be too on the nose if it were released today. Yeah, I remember watching this movie back in 2019, and it wasn't as well known then. But now it's like everybody knows what American Psycho is. You've got the because uh, Patrick Bateman is the symbol of Sigma males. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, and him hacking off heads. That's what the grind set's all about. <laughs> You do have that now. It's because every, everything's so atomized and everyone's kind of like solo gaming. Uh, I mean, even, I mean, if you think about it, though, uh, uh, Brett Easton Ellis said he wrote the novel um, uh, like as like a reflection of how he felt like going through as an author. So the, the Sigma Male grind set was on well before our time. We're just the ones calling it that. Well before our time. Well, let's get into the film here. What do you want to touch on first in terms of the actual content? Oh, the actual content? I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about uh, 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 Bateman in the film. He goes through, uh, you know, throughout the film, he kind of, uh, he, he, he has like a kind of an almost like ironic character where everything he says is completely ironically sincere. He always plays everything right. Uh, what do you, uh, what do you, uh, what do you make of that take? Yeah, you know, in a literal sense, he never lies in the movie. Yeah, and that he made the point of that. He's always 100%. He only withholds information. Yeah, he's always honest, not only with other people, but with himself. It's interesting in the movie, you can tell that he feels that his actions are evil and that he wants to get caught, but he keeps doing them and says, oh, it's a problem, like... Like when he tells his girlfriend when he's breaking up with her, I need to kill so many more people now. It's such a problem. And he recognizes it all, but he keeps going. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, he's like fully aware. I mean, by the end of the movie, he's like, 
oh, I've just completely fucking, you know, there's that part where he's shooting at the uh, cops and it just explodes and he looks at the gun. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? Like, even he's, he, he's literally like knowing he's going off the rails and that's kind of what makes it interesting because he's almost, he's trying to get caught. He's like, please, will some sort of negative consequences uh, happen for my actions? Yeah. One thing I love about this movie is that it's from his point of view and that, like, he is literally the hero. Because, like, when he's... You know how he, like, kills the homeless people and he, like, shoots those, like, random desk workers and whatnot? When he's confessing to his lawyer, he says, oh, I killed some homeless people, some other people, too. Like, he doesn't even give a shit. And then he makes such a huge deal about how he killed Paul Allen. <laughs> yeah. And, like... The movie the way they present it doesn't seem to give a shit about those people either like about the homeless or about the other people he murdered the movie seems to be suggesting that those people were lesser than paul uh than bateman well you're seeing the entire movie as like a reflection of bateman and bateman is kind of honest but not really i i think i think you're a little off on that I think like later on it kind of reveals what's going on. I mean, Bateman is kind of, you know, everything the guy does is fake besides killing women. And you get, you know, he's independently wealthy. It's mentioned in one scene with uh, in the car that he's he literally only has his job as a status symbol. He's literally just there to climb status. And you can kind of see that like gnawing away at him. Um, and why he's... Yeah, he says, I just want to fit in. Yeah, yeah. I got something a, a lot of people feel like today, you know? Yeah, it's weird because it seems like the movie just wants him to fit in also. Where in that um, circumstances make it impossible for him to get caught. He's literally doing the most he can do to get caught. He's at one point like holding like the hair of like a murder victim of his or when he's like transporting a body in like this designer bag and his co-worker sees him and comments on the bag and not how like blood is coming out of it <laughs> yes you almost get the idea that everyone around him is also kind of covering him up like it's not even possible he's such a normal yeah guy. like they're in on yeah, I knew even, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of realize everyone else around him in the movie is kind of just as psychotic as he is. Like, uh, 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 all the other characters are acting just as insane. And that's kind of what makes his killings interesting as well. Because all of his murders, I've noticed, have the victim make an extremely obvious mistake where if they were just paying a little bit of attention, they would have made it. You know, there's... um. When he kills uh, Paul Allen, I mean, he's like telling him, he's like, I murder people and I'm going to take you back to my apartment and kill you. I mean, he doesn't say that directly, but he's like literally acting insane and getting the guy like trashed, brings him back yeah. with all this weird <laughs> shit in his apartment and then says he's going to kill him. You know, I'm utterly insane. Yeah. 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 Um, when he kills some of the prostitutes, um, uh, uh, later on, he's like blatantly mixing shit in their drink. Like that, that girl he lured over with money. Like it's obvious. It's completely obvious that it's like a fucked situation and he's, he does literally nothing to hide it. 
And like that's why his secretary is a character I noticed like survives the longest. So, like she is actually like, yeah, maybe I should just leave, and she lives. Yeah, and the movie doesn't seem to care about any of the victims except for Paul Allen, who is of the same status, you could say, as Patrick Bateman. Like, he kills all those prostitutes, uh, the models he meets at the clubs, he kills the homeless person. There's no investigation, there's no follow-up, there's no... There's nothing. There's only an investigation into Paul Allen. The movie only cares about Paul Allen in terms of a victim, which is very interesting uh, as a statement in the movie because uh, it's through the eyes of Bateman. He doesn't view the people below him as uh, human, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, it's it's also kind of debatable how much of the murders actually happen, I suppose. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I don't like the analysis that uh, it's all in his head. I think if that were the case, uh, like, why the fuck would it be a movie? Like, the fuck kind of movie is that? (laughs) (laughs) I I want to believe that he killed Paul Allen because, you know, I could say this. I liked it when he killed Paul Allen, you know? Um, And I think most viewers did, too. And I want to believe that... uh, the killings did happen because it's uh makes it interesting but if you do go into the parts where the like atm machine tells him to like feed cats to it or when he's like being hunted by a helicopter it's like okay well some of this has to be fake yeah there's obviously parts of it i think any part where his public exposure would have gotten him caught does it i do think however probably a significant amount of the murders didn't occur Um, Like everything in when he's taking over Paul Allen's apartment. And I think it's important to note that he like takes on the identity of Paul Allen, like throughout the film, like the identity shifts Um, to the point where you're not even sure if there was like me, you know, it's, it's very, it's very interesting how people keep eventually telling him he's Paul Allen, um, that he's not even, uh, uh, or, or asserting that, oh, well, uh, um, you know, they literally, I think the lawyer at the end refers to him as Paul Allen and he slowly takes over the apartment and uses it to like store his victims. And that's a, a very interesting uh, thing as well. Yeah. His identity is, it's a bit of a confusing thing because Paul Allen mistakes him for a coworker when he first meets him. And so does Paul Allen's lawyer. And then when, um, when the private investigator, Donald Kimball, tells Patrick Bateman that he has an alibi. He was at this dinner, like, with um, other people, so he couldn't have possibly killed Paul Allen. And Patrick Bateman has no idea that that even happened. It's like, well, is he Patrick Bateman? (laughs) Who is Patrick Bateman? Because, like, they talk about Patrick Bateman with him while he's pretending to be other people. And the way they describe him doesn't sound like him. Like, they describe him as, like, weak and, like, a nerd or something. But that's not how Patrick Bateman is presented. Yeah. So who is Patrick Bateman? 
it doesn't seem like the main character even knows. <laughs> right, right, right. And Patrick Bateman uh, is one uh, trait also seems to be only that the page Patrick Bateman persona be taken seriously. I've noticed that's another way uh, people get out of it, particularly Percy, another character who escapes death. Um, and Percy's great because, uh, like, in this whole, in that whole, like, businessman upper circle, like the vice president's guild or whatever you'd call them, the executives, um, Percy's the one guy who's taking it completely seriously. The others are completely, like, obviously, like, you know, just cashing in. Uh, and Percy's like, you know, uh, Bateman makes the speech about, oh, we've got to restore the wildlife and uh, create a, an equitable climate for uh, all like minority groups. That whole speech and Percy's crying. And it, uh, I, I just love that character. Oh, and he, said, <laughs> and he says, while extending the same rights to women. Uh, that part is so funny because of. Because it's Patrick Bateman saying it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, so obviously, like, a rehearsed, like, him just, like, oh, just spouting it. It's great. Um, and Percy's just sobbing. And then later, um, when he uh, he tries to strangle Percy and Percy thinks he's coming on to him and it, it allows Percy to escape again because it, it is interesting how the only people who survive are the people who don't take the Bateman murderer thing uh, seriously at all and just like actually do anything other than fall victim to it yeah it does seem like a lot of uh, what Bateman says in the movie is like something he read like somewhere else like it's not his own words like when he's lecturing like his murder victims about like Huey Lewis in the news or Whitney Houston he's like almost reading out of a magazine yeah yeah like, it feels like the fucking pitchfork review right for fucking uh uh for fucking oh it's hip to be square it's somewhat some pretentious uh, like uh like a pitchfork writer now would write about a song like that and he's like spouting it off right before he kills them it's great yeah there's that and like the um i when he's not like spouting off something like that, the way he talks is very like awkward. Like he's asked, um, he's asked by Paul Allen about like the Fisher account or something. And he says, Oh, well, you know, like he doesn't even know how to like have a conversation. He just ships everything. <laughs> Every time he's talking, he never directly answers everything. He redirects. He, if you noticed, he like literally redirects everything he says that's his whole tactic. He's constantly distracting. He doesn't actually do anything. Like, if you look at his daily routine, he, like, does this weird hyper-optimization and never does any actual legitimate work. Uh, and he just yeah, literally pushes his problems away or just ignores things. It's insane. Yeah, and even in his morning routine, 90% of it is just reading off, like, products and, like, the instructions on the product labels like literally word for word and then you have the very last bit where he's like i don't even know if i'm a real person right right <laughs> he's also like hyper hyper sensitized at all times like have you noticed like his uh like his his like daily routines are like him like watching porn and like lifting and shit like that he's like literally like always like hyper sensitized at all times yeah <laughs> It's funny, um, another thing I 
love about this movie is how he treats the woman that he's having oh. an affair with. Yeah. Um, what is her name? The All the female characters are interchangeable. I don't remember any of their names. Like they're literally like cookie cutter characters. Yeah. <laughs> or the woman that he's having an affair with that she's like always doped up on oh, lithium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who's popping pills all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like and he takes her to he pretends to take her to Dorcia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and you know, in the in modern era translated that'd be SSRIs today. Um SSRIs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the hip new drug. No one's doing pills anymore. So, like that class. The 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 new class that uh that uh American psychos about, uh they're doing SSRIs now as we know. Okay. All right. You know, it seems like the like Patrick Bateman and his associates who he like despises but basically worships at the same time. It seems like none of them are really people, you know? Yeah, they seem but like the people around them are like real people like his secretary like the women that he's having an affair with like they have like wants and desires like his um the woman he's having an affair with tells him that he want that she wants a baby and he just ignores it and whatnot <laughs> when, when when he breaks up with her uh she like cries for a show and then immediately it's like thank god everyone's playing like an insane character uh, in Patrick's life, not just Patrick, and you like learn that over the sh uh, over the course of the movie, it becomes more and more clear that like the people around him are also like doing some sort of weird mask psycho shit. Like, <coughs> yeah, we just made an insane noise. Oh, sorry, that was a squeaking noise on my end. Okay. Uh, no, and when he's um, fuck, I forgot. Hey, uh, well, here's a point where we may uh, diverge in opinion. Who do you, what do you think Patrick Bateman represents in the movie? Um, well, I think Patrick Bateman is symbolic of. Um, I mean, I think Patrick Bateman represents sort of the modern uh, uh, success archetype in the Reagan eras, aka in the '80s. Like he is. Not exactly translated into today, but he is uh, very much like a product of a hypersensitized, um, very, uh, very status-oriented uh, class in society uh, that I think was being reflected on. Uh, um, I mean, I think that's it, it's sort of it's sort of the feeling people have in their day-to-day -day lives that's getting more and more popular. I'm not sure I'm explaining that exactly well, but I think you get what I'm talking about. Yeah, I would say I feel like uh, I definitely agree. I feel like Patrick Bateman, in a way, kind of represents a hyper consumer. Uh, basically, someone who is addicted to the pleasures of modern society as well as status. So they're addicted to fitting in through extravagant showing extravagant wealth um showing that they have tons of sex showing off their body right. showing off um that 
and even in his own head, not showing off to other people, like he brags about how, oh, my, I may be getting cheated on, but I'm having an affair too. And like, oh, he may have a business card, but look at my business card. Or just all the things he's constantly bragging in the movie. Right. But deep down, he's very, like, very pissed off. He's very, like, angry because he's not fulfilled. Because in my view, this is like a perfect take on consumerism. He's like a hyper-consumer. He's addicted to consuming these products, whether it be, like, cocaine, these drinks at the bar, copious amounts of sex with prostitutes and models, but it's not satisfying him as a human being. And so he's killing tons and tons of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree he's like, and even the way he murders is he like sets up these like elaborate scenarios that end in a surprise murder. It's, it's like everything he's doing is for this completely decadent, almost like performance art. Like, but, but it's like, it's, it's like ironic. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, the character of Patrick Bateman is essentially like trapped in a prison and the, it's a prison of like status. Basically he feels trapped in his status that he has to fit into like, and then that status is, oh, being like a rich, like um stockbroker on wall street you know making big bucks and getting all the hot ladies and whatnot but he hates fitting into that right and that's his struggle and that's why he's kind of constantly making it so obvious that he's a serial killer because he wants to get caught and wants to in that way break out of this status Right. He even like the uh, and when next to some of the bodies near the end when he's having his breakdown, it says "die yuppie scum." When he's like the epitome of a yuppie, he has yeah. uh, he he like clearly hates the people he's around, but, but so do they. It, it's it's this it's this uh, uh, um, you know he he sort of thinks of himself as this insane psychopath, but like he's kind of just like another narcissist, insane just narcissist, like the people around him. Uh, uh, and I think that's really what the movie's about is showing that he's, you know, he makes himself out to be this very successful, very, uh, but like, what does he do? What does Patrick Bateman accomplish? Not really shit besides spend copious amounts of money and, um, yeah, he just listens to music all day. <laughs> yeah. He, he just fucks around. He doesn't do anything. He does like he no interesting hobbies or nothing besides like narcissistic, like, basically LARPing. I love how you have the scenes with his like quote unquote friends where he'll like quote where he like quotes the serial killer like oh her head on a stick and they make like like they're clearly not amused or when he's like running out of the restaurant in like a cold sweat after he just like attempted to kill that guy and they at no point at no point does it bother them to the point where they actually question or talk about it whatsoever. Like at the end of the movie, they're talking about like mineral water as like another status symbol. Like that's all they care about. The people around him, all they care about is status symbols. So you, I feel like I can empathize with Bateman 
I would feel trapped in a fucking prison if I was killing people. And the only thing they ever talked to me about was like Gucci bags and mineral water. <laughs> yeah, you will. You get that whole. Uh, 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 you get that whole dynamic of. Um, oh shit! Where was I going with this? Um, like he he like I was talking about earlier when he like blocks away his problems, right? He's always redirecting everything he's saying, and you notice all his friends do the exact same thing. They never even begin to question. Hey, Bateman, how come you're talking about like killing women all the time, or like? You know, clearly fucking off your fucking gourd. Uh, they're just like, they're just like, yeah, Bateman, uh, good, good bit, dude. It, 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 they like, they, they are constantly redirecting, uh, um, just like Bateman does uh, to lure his victims in. Yeah, it seems like they're just as self-centered. They have to be just as self-centered as Bateman is. They don't question him about anything he does. They could say like, hey, Bateman, why do you make these like like self-righteous speeches all the time why do you tell me to like when he's like oh cool it with the anti-semitic remarks or when he makes like the speech like like hey we have to give equal rights to women and we have to help feed the homeless and whatnot why like any normal person would say like oh why do you make all these like fake speeches because it's very clearly obvious that you don't actually stand for anything right right and the one um the one character who's like able to kind of recognize that on some level is like that her his secretary who's like a normal person. Um, yeah, his uh, secretary is like the only normal person in the entire film. Yeah, and she's the only one who like even suspects that anything's up with him. Right at the end, she's the only normal person who's actually seen like his planner. She's the only person who took any minimum steps into seeing, hmm, maybe Bateman's up to no good. And, and you know, his, like, planner's filled with, like, his scribblings of him killing people. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, it seemed to me in that scene where she's over at his apartment and um, he's, like, holding, like, tools, like, duct tape and, like, is a nail gun or whatever. And she asks him what the duct tape is for and he says taping things <laughs> he seems in that scene like like he's disappointed that she cannot tell that he's a serial killer and then he asks her to leave yeah like yeah. he seems like like she's the realest person in his circle that he talks to in his social life at all and he's disappointed that she not even her can see that he's a serial killer <laughs> right 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 and she's like the only character who will like take him seriously as a human too like the others everyone who dies is again someone who takes the the bateman bit um, yeah she's the only character that criticizes him except well percy also gets away because he misunderstands bateman is like a, uh as like uh just being uh uh homoerotic yeah <laughs> But uh, it's either, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are your two methods of escaping Bateman is pretend he's gay or take him seriously like a normal person. Yeah, I love how he panics in that scene, too. When he, does, when he comes off as gay, he panics. Yeah. I feel like his, like, um, status-centered, like, mind coming back. So they went, but, but I can't be gay. Right, <laughs> right, right. The scene. <laughs> And um, I like uh, I mean, how much of that ending? Well, never mind. How much of that ending bit do you think was real? The ending? I mean, 
the helicopter um well the helicopter is weird because the phone call with the lawyer has to be real right they talk about it the next day with real people yeah, the phone call to the lawyer has to be real. Any other, what what I think, uh, only thing you can take as real is anything a character besides Bateman sees. But that's, I don't know, because I don't think he killed all the women. Uh, I, I, I'd be willing to bet he probably only killed a couple people, if anything, if anything at all. Yeah, it's very unclear uh, the amount he killed. I mean, I think I would... I don't know. When I watched it, it seemed to me like he did really kill those prostitutes and that model when it like he meets the model in the club who he tells he does murders and executions. Yes, yeah. And he hears um acquisitions, yeah. Yeah, and he's holding her hair the next day. I think he really did kill that woman. Yeah, potentially, potentially. It's uh but it's so uh, like cryptic when he he goes back to Paul Allen's apartment and the woman tells him like you have to go you must leave or whatnot and it seems she seems like right. like kind of vicious you know it, it's almost like either it almost feels like someone's covering up for him and it's hard to tell which is which if he's being covered up for whether it was in his head. And I think that's another interesting thing the movie does, where it does leave something open. It's it's not like a he clearly went crazy, even though some of it he clearly did. Like the uh, I don't think he uh, the the ATM was actually telling uh, telling him to feed him a stray cat. Um, that's pro that that's some psycho shit. Um, but I do think um, there is like this underlying theme of everything in his life being consequence free, other people covering it up. That make a, a, a you know adds a, a real sense of creepiness and mystery to the whole film. Yeah, definitely. Another weird thing about this film, you ever think about how like he meets with the private investigator like three times, and the third time is like at a restaurant for lunch. And all the private investigator has to tell him is like, oh, you have an alibi. You're not guilty. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like, why would a lunch meeting? That could have been a phone call. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but you got to consider that's uh, like that, 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 that like class, right? It's that class thing, right? And this is something that people uh, have kind of forgotten, I think, uh, in today's world because it doesn't happen. But if you're like a high-level executive and a private investigator comes in, you guys are probably actually going out to lunch. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, back then in the 80s, it was probably more common. Nowadays, you know, especially since everyone's been inside for two years, uh, people, uh, um, I guess, have forgotten. But that's not too out of the ordinary for like a high-level executive. Yeah, I suppose it is partially a period piece on the 80s. I like that it's always ambiguous whether or not he is actually going to lunch. Like, he always seems to be making up the spot. Yeah, he's constantly... <laughs> he seems to constantly have a busy schedule of, like, lunch reservation, dinner reservation. 
And then he goes into work and he just tells his secretary to cancel his reservations and sits there in a room alone doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, he does jack shit. I mean, I think even in his planner, there's like nothing written except scribbling. He's like, uh, yes, yeah, just drawings of people being mutilated. Yeah, he's literally just LARPing like it's a real person. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in um, in an interview with Christian Bale, he's asked. Um, what qualities of Chris of Patrick Bateman does he like? And he responds that he likes no qualities that Patrick Bateman has. Would you say there's any qualities of Patrick Bateman that you could say you actually like? Um, you know, I think uh, I think he's like kind of a I don't know that I you know he's kind of. He's motivated, at least. You can't deny that. Um, <laughs> motivated to do what, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good things, but... Um, there is, like... Well, you a, could say he's motivated and he's thorough, but he's, like, motivated by what? Like, his social status. Right. And then, like, motivated to do what? Murder people. <laughs> he feels like a fucking uh, video game character who's activated God mode. You know, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what it's like. It's about like life was fucking God mode. That's uh, that's what you'd turn into very quickly. God, the Sigma grind set. That's what it is. And that that does kind of happen. That does kind of happen. You know. Um, I mean, I don't think you can uh, deny that once you reach a certain level of like having made made it uh the battle becomes direct with your demons you know you don't once you've made a certain amount of money the temptation to become epstein is all too real i'm pretty sure of that <laughs> yeah i suppose he he is very close to epstein well you know not exactly but like uh you know, that I, th I think uh, I think uh, it's why they have Bohemian Grove, right? Because they got a LARP is like weird, oh, magicians or whatever, and that that's kind of commentary on uh, uh, elites. That you know, that's kind of how modern elites operate, but in like sort of the more traditional stock market uh, elites on the East Coast, um, I think things are a little different, and you do kind of see parallels because really, like what I think a lot of uh, American Psycho is is about sort of elite groups and sort of how status symbols like Bateman is on on paper a very successful accomplished individual but you see that he's basically anything but he's bluffing his way through life and I, I think you see a lot of parallels where that occurs uh, and that's part of what makes the movie so um, really so um, you know uh, 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 so prescient and so um, uh, still relevant today. Yeah, it seems like to me, um, Bateman in a way represents, um, you know, uh, basically a billionaire in corporate America, where through our like corporate structure, you know, the individuals behind the organization can really do whatever they want and there's no liability it's all through this system that they are working through so they can do whatever they want there's no consequences um except where bateman is special he actually wants consequences he doesn't want to be living in this society where um 
he's constantly like driven to do bad things and always gets away with it. What's interesting about him is he constantly is doing bad things, but he wants to get caught. So he's trying to be as obvious as possible <laughs> that he is doing bad things. Right, right. Like even when he, a scene I love is when he takes his sh like blood covered sheets to like the dry cleaners. <laughs> Yeah. And the the Chinese like dry cleaners are like freaking out. They're like, "What the hell is this?" Right, right, right. Bateman's entire thing is like, uh, "Karma should finally be catching up to me, right?" Like, come on, surely it can't be this easy to just be murdering people and doing whatever you want. Uh, and then at like the very end, it's like, "Yeah, it was," and uh, that fucking blows. Yeah, I mean, this catharsis has meant nothing. Right. No, but I feel like that's an accurate representation of how um, the system of the corporation works. I mean, Not the people behind it can do whatever they want to chase profit, you know, whether that's indirectly or directly killing people, you know, enslaving people in other countries. And um, there is no confession. There is no... Like, there is no catharsis, there is no hell to pay. They just get away with it and they keep going. Right, even though someone can basically, you know, like Bateman LARP is holding the right views and, and, and really wanting to improve the world, ultimately there's still a level of, um, uh, uh, of, of advantage that uh, uh, infiltrating any sort of high class gets you. And Bateman's about sort of that chase of success and status for status's uh, sake instead of any tangential or genuine uh, uh, um, goal and, and that's uh, that I think is very relevant to people today who kind of feel very atomized very um, much like that's how they have to operate in life and is also the source of a lot of uh, I, I think a lot of negative effects culturally today is sort of this rapid atomization and complete like isolation of a lot of people yeah totally caught up in a distraction making money i mean yeah the Maybe problem doesn't even give a shit about making money like it's not i, I think a lot of people take a very uh yeah, you're right. take on on it but it's not even necessarily all the way just about materialism right bateman's ultimately like i mean yeah he has tons of money to throw around but he doesn't need the extra money from the job he could just be doing whatever he wanted he's it's it's a status game for bateman it's it's about like playing a character of a successful person and he's like shortcutting that and that's what makes him sort of this miserable awful person along with a lot of his fellow uh, cast yeah, and the only thing, well, the only thing money cannot get him is the reservation at Dorcia's. And that, right, right. that's why he just has to kill Paul Allen, because he's the only guy who can get a Friday reservation at Dorcia's at 7 o'clock. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's this very much this the effect of, like, the status seeker uh, um, and, and, and the striver, um, you know, what some would call, like, an armage, right? Someone who uh, only strives for titles and and blessings of success um and you certainly see that a lot um i i mean it's just uh um you know you get it, it you know it, it feels a lot like the roaring 20s in sort of its style right 
you get this big city approach like right near the end uh, um, um, that 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 uh, to me uh, signal feels really out of place today right you don't really have any big city executives like back in the day I mean it's just not that same world anymore um, but you certainly get um, get sort of that impression of this like ah oh, shit I, I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought alright <laughs> L on that one L on that one it's fine I'll cut that bitch out nah, don't worry about it um I'm Something gonna, I want to make ask. an audio spike so I see this in post. There we go. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the film, they have this unattainable thing that is Dorcia's. Mm -hmm. Bateman, his associates, they're also jealous because they can't get a reservation at Dorcia, even though they're like rich and successful. They're all rich and successful, but they can't even go to Dorcia. So my question is. What is, in our real modern world, what is Dorcia for rich people? Uh, fucking children. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, that's a little too on the table. That's still on the table. I don't know. <laughs> that's, you know, that's... Yeah, no, I think, you know... Um, <laughs> is he wrong, though? Is I'm not wrong, uh, but, it, it, you know... Um, you know, for our that that one thing they just all want so bad. <laughs> I think. Listen, I think they record the. I think they make you. I think the feds make it. My theory, my my conspiracy theory is that uh, once you reach a certain amount of wealth, to safeguard and they have blackmail on you, the federal government makes you record a video of yourself fucking kids on the island. I mean, it just makes so much sense, right? You have instant blackmail potential. If you're, it like, does, yeah. They terminate you whenever. Right. If you're a secret uh, elite group, I mean, that's the perfect. Uh, that's the perfect blackmail. Yeah. Uh, so Which makes you wonder, like the people who have been caught for it, why? Like, what did they do to piss off the powers that be? You know. Right. Like your your Kevin Spaceys and your Epstein's and those kinds of people like how did they fuck up and get ousted as pedophiles and murder or murdered i don't think kevin spacey was murdered but <laughs> not yet um i yeah you not know, i mean usually it's just by um i mean I, I don't know i don't know if i can talk about that but it's you know it's 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 risky how much you see these cultural effects where people are uh if you when you're playing at that level anything that can be used against you will be used against you for status so you have to be you know if you're really a status climber there's only so many times before you can fuck up right with like kevin spacey it's touching people who were actually willing to report him same with weinstein and a bunch of other people yeah well, at the same time, there's so many people who haven't been caught, but have been implicated. But as far as the the unwashed masses are concerned, who gives a shit? People like Bill Gates, people like, you know, people who are implicated, but it's not 100% in your face. It's like, whatever. Right. There's a lot of, I mean, because elites network, right? In any society, elites network. 
you know, uh, in our times, it feels like, I mean, it's tricky, right? Because a lot of our elites are, like, just, like, nerds. Like, they're not, like, Zuckerberg probably isn't harvesting child brains, you know? I mean, everyone likes to think he is, but he... Well, we can never be certain. You know, we can't be certain, but I don't think Mark Zuckerberg's, like, a, a Patrick Bateman type uh, a psychopath. <laughs> I, think, I think Mark Zuckerberg's just a, an actual nerd, and that's really why everyone hates him. Um, you know, uh, if you want to look at, like, irredeemable Patrick Bateman-type figures, you know, you're jumping at the people who take themselves the most seriously. That's why I've said, uh, not to be, like, a Bezos defender, but Bezos is, if, did you see that, uh, picture that's going around of him with that, that girl? No, I don't believe I've seen this. Oh, yeah, well, he's basically being, um, I know, he's trying to ball out. He's acting like a divorced 50-year-old man. Which I can actually respect. Um, it's much worse to be a Zuckerberg type where you're spending $600 on plain uh, gray tees. There's nothing worse than the boring... Um, the You know, if you're going to be an elite, it's your responsibility to be um, as, you know, as elite as possible and to really do some cool shit because no one else can. And that, that's, our, that's the problem with elites today. Yeah. <laughs> Not fuck kids, though. Well, I'm not advocating for child fucking, for the record, but, um... Of course not. It's just know, what they want. Be moral about it, but if you're an elite, you have to be badass. You can't be a Mark Zuckerberg or, like, a... You know... You know, there's good and bad elites. Well, I am... It does seem like Mark Zuckerberg is trying it. He's got some unachievable desire. He's got his own Dorsia in this like metaverse thing which is definitely evil but we don't know enough about it yet to because mark zuckerberg's <laughs> a fucking loser nerd he just wants to like go in the metaverse so people can tell him he's cool in like the virtual world because he looks like a dork in real life i'm sorry but that's the that's the truth mark zuckerberg is legit and you know he's legit because he's such an unlikable dweeb um you, you got you gotta you know you know the real evil are people who take themselves seriously, you know, the people who act a little too likable, um, in my opinion. Yeah, he just seems like a complete autist, honestly. Yeah, he just seems like a, like, he seems like, I mean, the real reason people hate him is because uh, everything he does sucks. And, he, and, um, you know. Well, it seems like he's not even, like, like, he's an autist in the degree that, like, he can't relate with like 99% of humanity right 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 like if Zuckerberg started killing people it'd probably be an improvement people would have a lot more respect for him if he was more Patrick Bateman-y yeah like like the videos of him where he's like where he's like at a barbecue or like you know where the video where he's like constantly repeating sweet baby rays or whatnot. it's like just like Bateman like he's reading off something like he doesn't really know how to interact with normal people and if you look at like the way he lives i mean like his wife like if you're an elite you can marry whoever you want you know and look at mark zuckerberg's wife i mean i don't i don't want to i don't, I don't want to call her ugly but she's not you know you could get a lot more for a million bucks that's you know that's fair that's fair you look at his wife also he the way he lives is like he'll he'll buy up huge houses or whatnot. I'm pretty sure 
um, his vacation home, he had like walls put around it so that other humans would have no chance of even seeing it. I mean, like he's just the most shut off person yeah, ever. Like, from- yeah, he, he's just like a nerd trying to get like revenge on the jocks through like, I'm going to build, I'm going to buy a bunch of houses. The jocks. <laughs> You know, that's, that's, well, that's, that's, you know, that's why he's at least the ultimate Sigma. He, he, I don't know if I'd call him that, you know, he's like more of a beta <laughs> who got lucky. You want to know who's the Great real evil Sigma male, Bill fucking Gates. He's over there colonizing half of Africa and like, <laughs> up to all sorts of shit. And he doesn't even make good shit anymore. Who the fuck is playing an Xbox? Windows 11 sucks cock. Bill Gates. That's a real evil elite right there. Damn, pulled that one out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bill Gates. Yeah, he's worse than Zuckerberg, if you ask me. Well, I like, <laughs> I go Bill Gates. He got like divorced, you know, and it's because he was like emailing women to like sexually harass them. <laughs> Not even like over email. <laughs> yeah. Not well. It's proof, you know. You know, if you're a dweeb enough, even a billion dollars won't save you from getting divorced for being such a fucking dweeb. Like emailing women, sliding in. Oh God, dude. Like, come on, man. You you go up and talk to him. You have a billion dollars. Yeah. Well, there's some things money can't buy. That's true. That's true. Pair of balls or some shit. Uh, well, we definitely have very uh, somewhat conflicting views when it comes to the rich, but um, you know, we generally agree that the, the rich, the rich, some some of the rich are good, some of the rich are bad. But really, you know, my my opinion on the rich is, you know, how much? What are they doing? If they're doing something, I can put up with people being rich, right? I can I can take. Elon Musk being a little bit cringe if he's the only person working on space travel, which is true, he is. And that, that, that is actually an important milestone we're going to have to make at some point. I can't put... Well, you got to think from, from like a practical sense. If someone is rich, like to right. that degree, like a billionaire, and they're not doing things that like are directly helping you or improving your life, why not just take their money away <laughs> well you know because who's going to do anything better with it right like you think the government would if the government were to take like you know a lot of rich people's money away they wouldn't be able to do anything better with it you'd get just as shitty results you know it, it's a more complicated problem than that right the government would piss it away right but on a personal level huh if you could just break into a, a billionaire's mansion and take their money, that would be more beneficial than them building some rockets into space. No, because a bunch of, of dumbasses would just get the money. Like, like you, you think your master plan's going to work, but really, if that were legal, you just get a horde of the dumbest people wasting it all for scraps. Like, right, but if, one of, but if one of those dumbasses is me, then I am yeah, directly oh, yeah. their wealth. I, you know, you know, I'm sure you'd be, I'm sure you'd do something much cooler than space travel with money like that. Dude, yeah, I would probably, like, buy a house or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
space travel is cool and all, but I mean, I'm on Earth. They didn't even take me with them, so doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's just something that you read about, you know? I mean, I think it's... There's levels, I, I think. Uh, I, I'm always kind of wary of viewing, you know, especially American Psycho, is too, uh, too much about, you know, I think it's a very easy take to see it as a capitalist take or, or like an anti-capitalist movie or, or even, you know, there's definitely elements of anti-consumerism, but I really think it's like the psychological side that's interesting. I think, uh, uh, you know, especially more and more as... Um, life becomes very virtualized, right? Where a lot of life becomes more antisocial. And we've seen that happen in our lifetimes exponentially, right? Even, I mean, in the 80s, think about how much more social you had to be on a day-to-day level because you didn't have the, uh, uh, you know, communication technology like you do now. And sort of a more aware and connected world um, really... You know, it, it, it creates a lot of the problems American Psycho is touching on even in the normal individual who now has uh, to be constantly aware of status and uh, of how much information personally that they, they share. Yeah. the I mean, the main message that I take away from American Psycho is the status. How they're basically addicted to status right and that's what what i feel is like what makes them such terrible like non like feeling people basically right 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 and that's it's interesting because uh, i mean a lot of america's success especially in the 20th century and in modern times is that it has the best style right if you look at historically uh, I mean, you can watch like those Gorbachev Pizza Hut videos, um, but the United States wins the 20th century, uh, particularly like that area era of time in the 80s, by basically being cooler, basically having a better lifestyle than the more drab, monotone lifestyle of the USSR. That's how it wins the Cold War. So like that cultural uh, uh, level to the film, I think, uh, um, adds a lot, right? You have this cultural aristocracy going on in the United States um, of essentially uh, um, we've got the best shit, we've got the nicest shit, we've got this decadent lifestyle that even our, our average people can afford um, that makes, that, 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 that acts as like an effective marketing agent, especially in, you know, a Cold War but also leads to kind of this empty American dream-esque quest for more money, more power uh, that I think the film's attempting to touch on. My phone did a weird thing there. You good? Yeah, where did I... At what point did I cut out? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how... I was talking for a bit. All right, whatever. Uh, we're at an hour, basically, so how long do you want this thing to be? I figure we give it a little bit of time for cutting, but I think we're we're about wrapped up. Excellent. Uh, I mean, do you have any closing remarks, or do we just... My, uh, my closing abruptly, remarks is that abruptly end it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's some, we'll abruptly end this shit. I don't give a fuck. Listen, it's the first episode. That means... We can fuck around as much as we want.
because we're we know we can always just say it's the first episode it doesn't have to be it does not have to be professional you just got to get that groove going baby that's why i'm going to end the episode by saying that patrick bateman was good and uh those women deserved it <laughs> and uh i'm gonna end the episode by saying um patrick bateman was a fucking loser because in the end he could never get that reservation at Dorcia's. Yeah, that's so yeah, point. he's basically a pathetic fucking weakling. That's true. That's that's you know shit. You got him. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs>